Hey y'all, Jake Bible here. Thank you for listening to the original podcast recording of Dead Mech that I released way back in 2009. I've had a lot of folks ask for these original recordings, so I thought I'd put them back out there for y'all to enjoy. The episodes will be released weekly for free, but if you don't want to wait, then head over to jakebible.substack.com and subscribe. Links are in the show notes. Paid subscribers receive access to all 26 episodes right now. And that's not all. Subscribers receive access to early release ebooks, getting them before they even go on sale in my online store or any of the retail sites, plus early access to new audiobooks, exclusive short stories, including the weekly Friday Night Drabble Party, live readings, and so much more. That's jakebible.substack.com. Subscribe now and get all the goods. Now, enjoy a little bit of the past. Thank you. You're listening to Jake Bible's Dead Mech, the world's first Drabble novel, written and performed by Jake Bible. This story is available only as a podcast novel and is not for the faint of heart. If you can't stand blood, gore, graphic violence, foul language, cannibalism, zombie hordes, or sexual situations, well then, you aren't invited to this party. For more details and info, go to jakebible.com. Feel free to leave your mark there. It's only fair. Episode 25, Chapter 12, Part 2 Mech coming in! Clear a path! Caprizi shouted at the railers setting up triage stations within the staging area. Where do you want me, Jethro? Follow the flashing red line to the reload positions on the wall. Just park it. I'll do the rest, Jethro's voice answered. We've got incoming in less than five minutes, so you might as well stay in your cockpit. Damn, I gotta piss, Caprizi complained. Don't even fucking start with that, Matthew said as Shiner reloaded all of his weapon systems across the staging area for Caprizi. Sorry, Caprizi apologized. Hey, Doc, how's my girl? Thermopolis shouted orders to the railer medics as she rushed from one wounded person to another. Your daughter is still unconscious, Commander, Thermopolis said, just like the last minute and the minute before that. Sorry, I was just hoping, well, you know, the commander said. Yes, sir, I do know. She's stable, weak but stable, and that's better than most of the people I need to focus on now. So can you let me do my job, please? Of course, Caprizi replied. Let me know if you'll be the first to hear if her condition changes. I'm second, Doc, Matthew insisted. The rookie stood his mech outside the stronghold, foregoing the weapon system reload. He flexed the mech's fingers over and over, the itch for battle making him jumpy. Hey kid, the Jay's voice called over the comm. How you holding up? Doing fine, Jay, the rookie answered. Uh-huh, Jay said. The commander says you've got a little attitude. Just got my fight face on. Right. How about you take that face off? The commander wants you out there fighting, not the Razor. Is there a difference anymore? The rookie asked. There is, Jay responded. You know it, and I know it. 
Caprizi watched Shiner Matthew from across the staging area. He knew that mech, and not just from the vid feed of the mini-mechs days ago. Something in his subconscious itched at the side of the former debtor. How old are you, Shiner? Caprizi asked. The mech didn't respond. He's running some major diagnostics right now, sir, Matthew said. But from what I can tell, he is old. The first dead mech. Caprizi narrowed his eyes. The first? Yep, but most of that info is damaged, so I can only access fragments. Why? Just like to know who I'm fighting next to. You've taken a shine to the rookie, haven't you? Jethro asked as Jay tapped at the mainframe's control console, double-checking system stability, looking for any hidden problems with Jethro's cerebral integration. Don't worry, Jethro, Jay laughed. You're still my number one pain in the ass. Oh, I'm not worried about that, Jethro laughed also. Ego has pretty much flown out the window now that I'm a digital god. Uh-uh, don't even start with the god talk. I'll unplug your ass in five seconds. Yeah, but I wish you could experience this. It's every mechanic's dream. I am the tech. We have everyone accounted for, Commander, Lieutenant Murphy reported. All railers are inside the stronghold. Thank you, Lieutenant, Caprizi said from his mech. I appreciate that. I know technically you don't have to listen to a word I say. You're the ranking officer now, sir, Murphy said. The chain of command is important. I commend your attitude, Murphy. Most people would throw the chain away when the world goes to hell. It's when the world goes to hell that we need that chain more than ever, sir. Very true, Lieutenant. Anything else, sir? No, Lieutenant. Just keep your folks ready. How far off are the debtors? Jay asked Jethro. Two minutes and they'll start coming over the ridges, Jethro answered. And you're sure there's nothing you can do to stop them? Nope. Jethro replied. Johnson's death fried the communications relay. It must have been specifically calibrated to his brainwaves. I'm trying to rebuild it, but there's so much in here it's hard to focus. Jay looked over at Jethro's still body. Don't start going all schizo. Not a problem. What about the remaining inoculated zombies? Running free across the wasteland for now. How many? A few hundred thousand. Jesus. The stronghold's gun turrets came to life, all turning their attention on the east ridge. They here? The rookie asked Jethro. The first wave is, Jethro answered. You've got 13 coming from the east. The rookie walked his mech away from the stronghold entrance. He bounced up and down a bit, getting himself ready. I've got whatever gets past you. Roger that, Jethro acknowledged. Just be careful. These guys have come further than the last. We're talking deep waste here. I can already tell most of them are beyond berserk with hunger. Looks like they've been fighting amongst themselves. Well, you're looking good, Jay said. How are you feeling? Any pain? Yeah, but it's almost like it's not part of me, Jethro responded. I mean, I know my body has had its ass kicked, but it's separate somehow. Does that make sense? Disassociation, Jay replied. Your mind can now compartmentalize anything. It's stuffing your discomfort away in some subsystem to deal with later. You want me to get the doc? No, she's busy. Plus, any painkillers will dull my brain. I don't think we want me getting all loopy when we're all sitting on a few kilotons of nuclear material. 
Jethro, how much longer before we're armed? Caprizi asked. Just give me another minute, sir, Jethro replied. Like I just told the rookie, these debtors are super fucking pissed. They're the crazy ones, the deep wasters. I don't know how they've survived this long out there, but you're going to need every bit of firepower you can. I understand. I just don't like the idea of the rookie out there alone right now. He doesn't seem stable. I can assure you, sir, that the rookie's brainwave activity shows not only stability, but calm. The kid's ready to kick ass. Okay, I'm heading to the hangar to try to get Rachel's mech operational in case we need it, Jay said, stepping away from the control console and placing a hand on Jethro's unresponsive shoulder. Call me on the comm if you start to feel weird. Start? I'm way past weird, Jethro laughed. You know what I mean, dumbass, Jay said, walking to the door. I mean it. The second you even think you may be losing control, you call me. Will do, Dad. Fuck you, dipshit. Jay stepped from the room, leaving Jethro's body alone, but his mind everywhere. Here they come, the rookie shouted. Fucking hell! Look at them! Over the East Ridge, 13 dead mechs charged. Many of them missing arms, cables hanging loose, struts bent at strange angles, their metal pitted with rust and deep gouges from God knows what. They shoved and raged at each other as they jockeyed for position, each trying to be the first to get at the meat. I've seen some fucked up debtors before, but these things are monsters, the rookie exclaimed. The stronghold's gun turrets opened fire. Well, let's shred these monsters, Jethro yelled. Fuck yeah, the rookie responded. Thermopolis dashed from cot to cot, blanket to blanket, desperate to stabilize as many of the wounded as possible. She left bloody gauze and shouted orders in her wake. The large caliber gunfire from the stronghold's turrets made her and everyone else in the staging area jump. Railer children cried and clung tight to their parents and siblings. Thermopolis shook off her startled shock and kept moving. A hand reached out and gently but firmly took her arm. Where do you need me? June said. I know Harlow has always been your go-to assistant, but I'm ready to help. Intense, ravenous, hunger-driven rage pushed the dead mechs towards the stronghold. As the rookie stepped away from the entrance, they stopped their infighting and focused their attention on him. The weaker ones fell back as those more battle-ready lunged forward, many directly into the oncoming turret fire. Chunks of metal and plastic were ripped from their 50-ton exoskeletons, exposing their infrastructure and vital systems. The rookie watched as Jethro systematically dismantled every single oncoming debtor in a matter of seconds. Jesus, fuck, the rookie exclaimed. The outsider could have torn us all apart at any time, huh? Wow, that was fun, Jethro shouted. Caprizi and Shiner Matthews stepped from the stronghold and took up positions on either side of the rookie. Holy mother of God, Matthew said quietly. That is quite impressive, Shiner added. Knowing what you two are capable of, I'll take that as a huge compliment there, Shiner, Jethro said. It was meant as one, Shiner replied. You know we can handle this, right? Caprizi said. I need to know you're focusing on the mainframe. Got it covered, Commander. I can be at several places at once. I'm running six levels of diagnostics as we speak. June left the boiler child to rest with a group of other children while she helped Thermopolis. 
She smiled at him as she walked away, and he waved weakly. The doctor looked from June to the child and back. What are you thinking, pilot? June turned her attention to Thermopolis. About what? The boy. He has no family here. You've taken him from the only existence he's known. Are you going to raise him yourself? June's brow furrowed. I hadn't really thought about that. My main concern was getting him out of the boiler village. That's all I cared about. Commander, Bisbee called over the comm. Lieutenant Murphy has her team assembled and is planning on doing a security sweep of the stronghold, just to confirm we actually are alone. Sounds like a fine idea, Caprizi responded. I'm going with. Jethro will be systematically unlocking sections as we approach, and, well, that little shit can take some getting used to. I didn't want to leave them stranded while he babbles on about being a digital god. Caprizi smiled. That's a good plan, Biz. Plus, you'll be able to tell if Jethro starts acting funny. I'm still not comfortable with his integration. Need this? Marin asked, handing Jay the span hammer he was reaching for. Thanks, Jay responded, taking the tool. You want to help? Figured I would, Marin said, grabbing a massive torque wrench as she eyed three fist-sized bolts on Rachel's mech's left ankle. She let out a loud whistle and three railers ran up, tools in hand. I brought some backup. Jay studied the railers suspiciously. They know how to. Yep, Marin cut him off. Well, what about that too, Jay? I bet they don't. Yes, they do, Marin laughed. Marin motioned and the three set to work. Five more heading at us, Jethro announced. You gonna let us take them on or are you... Matthew trailed off as ten RPGs screamed past the three mechs, heading straight at the attacking debtors coming from the west this time. Guess that answers that. Each rocket hit its mark, crippling the debtors instantly. See? I didn't fully take them out, Jethro laughed. I left you folks the kill shots. Thanks, the rookie grumbled. Stand down, mechanic, Caprizi ordered. Let us handle combat. You stick with tech. But sir, I'm way more capable... We'll call you if we need you, Jethro. This is the mess, Murphy said to Bisbee as they approached the large sealed doors. I'm pretty sure it was dinner time when Johnson took everyone out, so this may not be pretty. What's waiting for us, Jethro? Bisbee asked aloud. Lieutenant's right. It isn't pretty. You're looking at several hundred corpses on the other side of the doors, Jethro responded. Hmm. Weird. What? Bisbee asked. Well, they're actually corpses. Dead. Not undead. Not reanimated. Truly fucking dead. Hold on. Bisbee and the special ops team waited for a moment. Jethro? Bisbee said. Just sit tight, Biz. Something strange. What is that? Jethro processed to himself while instantaneously analyzing the air samples from the stronghold mess hall. That's new. In less than ten seconds, he had the analysis results. Holy shit! Hey, Biz! Yeah, Jethro? What you got for us? Bisbee rolled his eyes at the special ops team. Listen, I'm evacuating the air from the mess, but you all should probably suit up before going in there. There's some type of new neurotoxin floating about. That's what Johnson used to kill these folks. Why aren't they zombies? Grandetti asked. Not sure. I think it kills the virus also. 
Enviro's suits are this way, Lieutenant Murphy said to Bisbee. Jethro, is the way clear to the suit lockers? Yes, Lieutenant. All hatches are unlocked and there's nothing out of the ordinary in your path, Jethro replied. You are all set. Thank you. The special ops team set off down the hall, away from the mess, with Bisbee following behind. The wounded pilot soon was short of breath and leaned against the wall for support. You're pushing it, Biz, Jethro said. I'm fine, Bisbee grumbled. No, you're not, Jethro said. Your pulse is through the roof. Fuck you, Jethro. Whoa, where did that partition come from? Jethro mused as he found a separate part of the mainframe his consciousness hadn't penetrated yet. Aren't you some fancy-smancy code? The former mechanic inspected the partition from all angles before setting about accessing it. Now, this won't hurt a bit, I promise. Jethro gasped mentally and his physical body actually shook in the integration chair. You've got to be kidding me. He pushed a little harder and further immersed himself within the partitioned area. Unauthorized access. Admittance denied. An automated voice rang in his head. Oh, no, you don't, Jethro responded. The rookie kicked the terminated dead mech with his own mech's foot. Leave it, rookie, Caprizi said. We don't know what armaments that thing may still have and whether or not they're stable. Well, why don't we blast them and set them off, the rookie asked. Because we may need to do that when the other debtors get here, Matthew said. My scans indicate that all dead mechs have long been out of any type of ammunition, Shiner added. See? The rookie said. It's a learning lesson, rookie, Caprizi said. Jethro, when's the next wave? Silence. Jethro? Caprizi asked again. Bisbee watched the special ops team clomp past him in their clunky enviro suits. You guys go ahead, he said, waving them on. I'll catch up in a bit. Specialist Sol gave him a thumbs up and Bisbee could see the grin through the faceplate. No hurries, pilot. Take a load off. You've earned it. The team stepped to the stronghold mess doors and waited. Anytime you're ready, Jethro, we're all suited up, the lieutenant said. The doors remained closed. Bisbee got to his feet and walked over to the team. Hey, Jethro, open the fucking doors. Silence. Proximity alarms echoed about the commander's cockpit. Jethro, where the fuck are you? We have incoming and I need numbers now. Caprizi waited, but there was no response. Jay, come in. What's up, commander? Jay answered over the comm. I've lost contact with Jethro and we have hostiles on the way. I'm on it, Jay replied. The rookie turned his mech 360 degrees. I don't see anything, sir. I don't have a visual either, Matthew agreed. Shiner? There are many readings, Shiner responded. Ten from the east, nine from the west. Well, rookie, time to go to work, Matthew shouted. You got this? Jay asked Marin as he clambered down from Rachel's mech. Yeah, go, she yelled. Jay sprinted from the staging area and down the long concrete hall leading to the mainframe. When he reached the door, he found it was locked tight. Pulling a screwdriver from his belt, he pried the door control panel off. He took a quick glance at the wiring and laughed. That's the best security they could come up with? With two wire snips and a twist, he hot-wired the door open and dashed inside. Random images flashed across the mainframe vid screens. What happened? 
Timson hollered up to Marin from the bottom of Rachel's mech. Don't know, she responded. Something's wrong with Jethro. That's not good. No, it's not. Jenny! Timson turned, looking for his daughter. What? she yelled, busy wrapping her left hand with gauze, covering a nasty burn. Jethro's down, which means the guns are down, Timson shouted. Come on! Jenny sighed, then started barking orders at any railer that wasn't wounded or tending to the wounded. A group of eight, including Jenny, met Timson at the stronghold entrance. They all nodded to each other, then raced to the train. Caprizi watched the railers run across the battlefield towards their train. Timson, what the hell are you doing? Picking up the slack. With your man Jethro down, you'll need our guns again. Even though he didn't like putting Timson and his people back in harm's way, he couldn't argue with the man. Thanks. But listen, if it gets too crazy, I want you and your folks to get your asses back inside. I think we can agree on that, Commander. Sir, Matthew shouted, they're here. Caprizi blanched as he watched the dead mechs surge over the ridges, surrounding them all. Grandetti and Kafar each pushed their weight against the crowbar they wedged into the mess hall doors. Grunting under the strain, they fell back, unsuccessful. Shit! That door isn't going anywhere, Specialist Kafar huffed. Where's your tech guy? Bisbee shook his head. I don't have a fucking clue. Jethro? Jethro! Biz, it's Jay. I need you in the mainframe room. What the hell is wrong with Jethro? I don't know. Just get your ass here. I need your eyes on something, Jay barked. Okay, calm down. Bisbee nodded to the special ops team and hurried away on still shaky legs. Back to back on me now, Caprizi ordered. Shiner Matthew and the rookie backed their mechs up next to Caprizi's, creating a triangle of mech firepower. Keep firing until I say break. Do not step away until then. Yes, sir, Matthew shouted. Gotcha, the rookie acknowledged. Affirmative, Shiner added, making Caprizi grin despite himself, knowing he now commanded a former debtor by default. As the dead mechs raged down the ridges, Caprizi, Shiner Matthew, and the Rookie opened up with everything they had. Hot lead and plasma blasts filled the air. The earth shook as the bolts and bullets found their marks. Three o'clock, Jenny, Timson screamed. Three o'clock, goddammit! Jenny swung her gun turret about 45 degrees and opened fire on the dead mech only yards from her. The behemoth shuddered under the large caliber rounds, but kept charging, its dead fist reaching for her. Fucking get out of there! Jenny unstrapped and leapt from the gun seat, rolling across the train car roof as the debtor's hand slammed down where she had just been. She got to her feet immediately and jumped the gap between train cars, trying to put more distance between herself and the undead battle machine. The rookie watched the debtor chase Jenny from car to car, the other railers unable to help her without risking hitting each other. Commander, Jenny's in trouble, the rookie called. Do not break formation, Caprizi yelled back, putting six plasma blasts into a debtor's midsection, dropping the thing in a pile of flame and melted metal. That's an order, rookie. The rookie snarled in frustration. He sent 50 millimeter fire towards the East Ridge attackers, then turned his plasma cannon on the dead mech chasing Jenny. Cracking his neck, he slowed his breathing and took careful aim, leading the debtor slightly. Jenny stumbled and slid, nearly tumbling off the train car she was on. 
Jenny! She heard her father scream as the dead mech reached for her, its zombie pilot thrashing in the cockpit, eager for its meal. She felt the train car rock and shudder once, twice, then the dead mech's cockpit exploded outward towards her, and she could see the extended arm of the rookie's mech, plasma cannon glowing through the resulting hole in the debtor's body. Sorry, wasn't exactly a clean shot, the rookie said over the comm. Did you catch any shrapnel? No, I'm good. Thank you. Dead mechs 8 and 12 have weapons capabilities, Shiner called out. Target those. Too late, Caprizi responded, a fire burning in his left shoulder as two slugs ripped through his uniform, his skin, muscle, and bone. I'm hit! The commander's mech wobbled, but he gritted his teeth and regained control. Split now! Take the battle to them! Thought you'd never say so! The rookie yelled, pushing his mech into a full run towards four oncoming debtors. He dropped and slid, taking their legs out, then was up and throwing punches, elbows, and kicks like the pit-fighting boiler he was. Jenny strapped herself into an unoccupied gun seat and brought the turret to face the debtor with the 50mm. She unleashed a hail of large-caliber rounds at the dead mech, ripping its thighs to shred. The thing fell forward, one arm outstretched to catch itself, while its 50mm shot wild, hitting several of the debtors close to it. One of the dead mechs that was hit became further enraged and began to pummel the fallen debtor, ripping its 50mm right off its frame, beating the thing over and over with the gun until the dead mech no longer moved. Shiner Matthews sidestepped, bringing its left knee up as a debtor dove at it. The dead mech's cockpit crumpled like paper from the force of the impact, and Shiner Matthew wasted no time in blasting the zombie pilot, lifting the defeated dead mech over its head and tossing it into the group of attackers coming from the west, sending several sprawling. Left hydraulics took serious damage, Shiner stated. Serious damage and non-functioning are two different things. Keep fighting, Matthew responded. I had zero intent of surrendering the fight. I was merely giving you a status report, Shiner stated. Status noted. Thanks. Matthew, down! The rookie shouted, rushing towards the mech. Shiner dropped the 50-ton war machine to the dirt just as the rookie leapt above them, tackling the debtor poised to strike from behind. The dead mech tucked a leg up under the rookie and easily tossed him off, sending the live mech rolling across the ground. The dead mech was instantly on its feet and roaring. Shiner Matthew reached for the debtor's leg, trying to trip it up, but the thing moved quickly, avoiding the grab, while also stomping Shiner Matthew's outstretched fist into pieces. It's a fucking thinker! Matthew cried. The gunner two cars from Timson's pleaded for help as he was plucked from his seat by a dead mech and jammed into the thing's cockpit, the poor railer's limbs snapping as his body was shoved through the windshield. Caprizi, we're getting our asses handed to us. Where the fuck is your... But Timson never finished, as giant metal fingers closed about his head, popping it off like a cork from a bottle. Jenny screamed as she turned her turret to see her father's decapitated corpse spewing blood from its open neck before the debtor snatched it up. Daddy! No! Caprizi watched Jenny open fire in a mad rage, aiming at anything that moved. Watch the friendly fire, goddammit, he ordered over the calm. But Jenny was lost in murderous grief, oblivious to the world around her, bent only on death and revenge. Jay, give me something. Is Jethro back online? 
Back online, he's not a fucking machine, Jay barked over the comm. Right now he is. I need the stronghold's defenses operational. Can you bypass him and hack them yourself? Not a fucking chance. The system is locked down. Only one person at a time is allowed access. Marin, you read? Yeah, Jay, what you need? The railer mechanic responded over the comm. I need your help right now, Jay replied. I've got Bisbee monitoring Jethro's life signs, but I need another set of tech hands. This shit is ten kinds of fucked up. Marin tossed her span wrench to a railer tech and took off running towards the mainframe room. I'm on my way! She quickly passed the special ops team still struggling to open the mess doors, but didn't slow to help even when Specialist Soul began shouting after her. When she entered the mainframe room, she gasped. The rookie got to his feet firing, sending round after round into the debtor reaching once again for Matthew Shiner. The monster shuddered under the assault, but refused to fall. It turned its attention onto the rookie, roared, and charged. Holy fuck! This one won't fucking die! The rookie yelled, bracing for the impact as the dead mech continued to close the distance despite being riddled with large caliber slugs. The rookie's head slammed back as War Machine met War Machine and the world spun. He could hear someone shouting but was barely audible over the ringing in his ears. What the shit? Marin said, her eyes drawn to the rapidly changing images flashing across the mainframe vid screens. Where are those coming from? I don't fucking know, Jay shouted, but I think they're what Jethro is seeing. His pulse is weakening. Bisbee called out. Should I get the dock? Not yet. Just give me a second, Jay replied. Marin, take that console there. See if you can find an end around to get manual control of the stronghold defenses. Our people are getting torn up out there. Marin studied the tech in front of her and went to work. Red. The red of blood. Blood spurting from Timson's neck the blood pumping behind Jenny's eyes, making it even harder to see past the hot tears. Her whole world turned red. Damn it, Railer! Get yourself under fucking control! Caprizi shouted, throwing his mech to the ground as Jenny swung about, heedlessly firing at everything around her. Caprizi had to make a quick decision, a decision he didn't want to make, but had no choice. He sent a plasma blast into the train car Jenny was set up on, knocking the Railer senseless. I'm sorry I had to do that, Jenny. Shiner Matthew tried to get to the rookie's mech, but they barely made it five yards before being taken down by two debtors, each trying to rip one of Shiner's arms off. Forget the left, Matthew shouted. That hand is useless. Shiner Matthew ignored the dead mech attacking on the left and focused on the one on the right. The live mech targeted the debtor with its RPGs and fired, knowing the proximity would be dangerous. The rocket exploded immediately, shredding the dead mech, knocking Shiner Matthew back into the other debtor. Left hydraulics are gone, Shiner stated. Then we limp, Matthew shouted. The violent shaking and the sound of wrenching metal brought the rookie out of his daze. His eyes focused on the debtor only feet from his cockpit, and he realized he was in a world of shit. Matthew, I'm fucked, the rookie shouted. I'm struggling too, Matthew responded. You're on your own, kid. Commander, the rookie yelled. No go. I've got three on me and I'm barely holding them off. The rookie thrashed, but the debtor had him pinned. Fuck. Would you care for assistance, pilot rookie? 
Stomper's voice asked over the calm as a giant hand closed around the debtor. Masters, thank God! Matthew yelled. Guess again, Maddie! Harlow's voice called. Masters is grounded for being such a fucking pussy. I'm the hero today. Harlow? But you're dead! Apparently that's the fucking rumor. I really thought you guys had more confidence in my ability to kick the wasteland's ass. Welcome back, Pilot Harlow, Caprizi said. Perfect timing as always. I take pride in my job, sir. Now, where do you want me to toss this fucking debtor? Harlow asked, holding the squirming dead mech in Stomper's massive fist. Anywhere you want, Pilot, as long as it does maximum fucking damage. Jay, seriously, man, Jethro's pulse is plummeting, Bisbee shouted. There's nothing I can do about that, Biz, Jay shouted back. Doc, it's Biz. Jethro isn't doing well, and we need you ASAP, Biz said over the comm. I've got dozens that aren't doing well, Biz. Jethro will have to wait his turn, the doctor answered. The monitor hooked to Jethro trilled sharply, then let out a steady, high-pitched tone. Almost instantly, the stronghold's voice boomed throughout the facility. T-minus 30 minutes until nuclear detonation. I think he just went to the front of the line, Doc, Bisbee said. T-minus 29 minutes until nuclear detonation. What the fuck? Specialist Grandetti said. Didn't we just go through this? Something must have happened to the mechanic, Lieutenant Murphy stated. The mainframe isn't built for just anyone. I heard it takes weeks of conditioning to prep your mind for the shock. Fuck all this tech, Soul cursed. It's tech that's gotten us into this fucking mess to begin with. I'm about ready to bug out of here and go live in a fucking cave. This is a fucking cave, Specialist Kafar responded. Fuck you, you know what I mean, Soul replied. T-minus 28 minutes until nuclear detonation. This better be a drill, Jay! Caprizi shouted, targeting two debtors as Stomper crushed three more with its giant feet. Jethro's flatlined, Jay answered. Thermopolis is on her way and Bisbee's doing CPR, but we may need to evac. Evac? Evac where? Caprizi shouted. Figure out how to fucking shut it down or get Jethro's ticker pumping again. There is no fucking evac. Yeah, I'm working on it, goddammit. You're not the only one fighting here. You think I wanted this to fucking happen? You can go fuck yourself, James. Jay roared. As he watched Shiner try to push itself upright with its one working arm and bad hydraulics, something about the way the thing moved finally triggered buried memories. Matthew, I want you out of that mech right now, Caprizi ordered. Sir, I can't. Shiner's AI will deteriorate if we aren't integrated. Matthew responded. That's bullshit, pilot. The mech is just using you as a shield against me. I'm sorry, sir, but what the fuck are you talking about? Your mech knows, don't you, Shiner? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, Commander, and I hoped you wouldn't remember. What the fuck is going on? Matthew asked. I am sorry, Matthew, but your commander is correct. I have deceived all of you, Shiner answered. For your safety, I would advise exiting the cockpit. Nothing will happen to my AI. Matthew sat there unmoving, a million thoughts running through his mind. How did you keep this from me? I repaired my AI in storage while in the stronghold running diagnostics. There is much you will learn, 
but now is not the time. Shiner opened the cockpit and Matthew felt the cerebral integration disconnect. I am sorry for the deceit, Matthew. Matthew sprinted towards the stronghold entrance, dodging mechs, dead and live. He didn't care about the fact he was in mortal danger and could be squashed at any moment. The joy of using his legs again and touching solid ground was exhilarating. Commander, you fucking plan on letting us all know what is going on? Matthew shouted, but soon didn't care about the answer as a roar behind him made his blood run cold, and he turned to face a dead mech looming, blocking the sun. Got him! The rookie shouted, grabbing the deader and slamming it to the ground. Stomper Harlow and the rookie continued to wage war as Caprizi walked his mech up to Shiner. You were the first, right? You know the answer already, Commander, Shiner responded. You killed my wife, Caprizi growled. You killed an entire city-state's population. I know. Caprizi raised his plasma cannon and fired point-blank into Shiner's midsection, sending the mech flying. Commander, what the fuck? Matthew yelled, watching from the safety of the stronghold entrance. Stay out of this, Jespers, Caprizi ordered. But sir, he is correct, Matthew, Shiner said, struggling upright. This is not your fight. Please, stay out of it. How many thousands have you killed over the years? Caprizi snarled, lashing out with his mech's foot, knocking Shiner back to the ground. He raised his 50 millimeter, aiming at the mech's cockpit, then laughed. Nothing to shoot. No zombie pilot to kill. Do you even remember your pilot's name? I do. It was pilot Yuan Chao Men. He was a friend and brother to me. I did not kill him, Commander, Shiner said weakly. I was as much a victim as he was. Liar! Caprizi shouted, pumping a few thousand 50-millimeter rounds into Shiner's empty cockpit. You are a monster! Hey, Harlow? The rookie called over the comm. Yeah, rookie, Harlow responded, grabbing up another dead mech and snapping it in two. What? Should we do something? The rookie asked, dodging a blow from a pitiful-looking debtor with only half an arm left and a zombie pilot that barely had the strength to open and close its jaws. If the commander needs us, he'll ask, Harlow answered. Right now, let's give him his space and work out whatever the hell is going on. Just keep any debtors from getting to him, got it? Okay, but not our fight, rookie. Shiner didn't even bother to block the blows as Caprizi hammered down on the mech with his fists again and again. Sir, you're killing him, Matthew called. Please, I'd be dead without his help. We'd all be dead without his help. It is all right, Matthew, Shiner said weakly. I knew this was coming. I have been a monster. I have killed innocents. I used you as a means to buy time to repair my AI. I deceived you and your comrades. Shiner crumpled in a heap as Caprizi's mech loomed over him, plasma cannon glowing. Go ahead, Commander. I'm ready. Caprizi watched as Shiner's frame shook and shuddered unexpectedly. He checked his sensors, then lowered his plasma cannon. Looks like your plasma charges are about to chain react, Caprizi stated. Any last words, dead mech? None that will satisfy you, Shiner responded. An RPG whizzed by Caprizi's cockpit and his attention was drawn back to the waning battle. He watched Stomper Harlow and the rookie finish off the last of the struggling dead mechs. I hope there's a digital hell, Caprizi said finally, turning back to Shiner, and I hope you pay.
There is, Commander, and I will, Shiner responded. May I ask for assistance? Shiner asked Stomper. Of course, Stomper replied. Hey, I kind of need you to focus here, Harlow interrupted. I apologize, Shiner said, but my hydraulics are not functioning and unfortunately all of my plasma charges are about to chain react. I would appreciate it if you, Stomper, could put some distance between myself and any that may be harmed. I would be honored, Stomper said, reaching down and lifting the wounded mech. Goodbye, first one. Goodbye, Stomper. Please take care of the pilots. Stomper drew his arm back and threw Shiner far into the waist. T-minus ten minutes until nuclear detonation. Demopolis stopped compressing Jethro's chest and reached for the portable defibrillator. Don't you fucking dare, Jay shouted. He's hooked to the fucking mainframe. You'll fry it all. Demopolis tossed the defibrillator on the ground. Well, what do you want me to do? He's fucking dead, Jay. I've been trying CPR for minutes. His brain is a vegetable by now, the doctor cried, slumping to the ground. T-minus nine minutes until nuclear detonation. The chief mechanic stopped his hacking, as did Marin, and they joined Bisbee at Jethro's side. Goodbye, friend, Jay sniffed. Bisbee drew a sidearm and approached Jethro's body. Jay stepped in front of him. What the fuck are you doing, Biz? You know what I'm doing, Jay. Get the fuck out of my way, Bisbee snarled. Marin grabbed Jay and tried to pull him away. We can't risk Jethro turning, not while connected to the mainframe. Jay sighed and stepped aside. Bisbee put the gun to Jethro's temple. The room went pitch black, all equipment going dead. Um, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, Bisbee said. Everyone clapped their hands over their ears as Jethro's voice boomed from the loudspeakers. Everyone in the stronghold staging area cringed as Jethro's voice raged at full volume. The external loudspeakers nearly shook from their anchors. The mech pilots clawed at their ears, trying to pull their comms out before going deaf. Holy fuck! Jethro bellowed, then was silent. Jay watched as the monitors flickered and reset, and Jethro's life support beeped back to life, indicating the mechanic's body had a pulse again. Jethro? Jay whispered. Jesus fucking Christ! I highly recommend against a manual reboot when your body is hooked to the thing you're rebooting. Jethro said. That shit hurts like a bitch. Someone care to tell me what the fuck is going on? Caprizi ordered, watching Stomper finish off the last few crippled dead mechs. Status report now. Sorry about that, Commander, Jethro answered. I got stuck behind a firewall and couldn't get free. All good now. A firewall? What the fuck are you talking about, mechanic? Caprizi asked. How do you get stuck behind your own goddamn firewall? Well, sir, that's the rub, Jethro answered. It wasn't the mainframe. I was stuck behind something else. You what? Sir, I think I was in a satellite. What? There aren't any satellites, Jethro. Hey, Jenny, can you hear me? The rookie said having stepped from his mech onto the train car and knelt next to the unconscious railer. Come on, please wake up, girl. Jenny stirred and opened her eyes. Rookie? What happened? Are we... did we... 
She shut her eyes tight again and tears squeezed onto her cheeks. Oh, God, Daddy, she sobbed. The rookie took her gently in his arms and held her tight as her body shook and hitched. I'm sorry, Jenny. I really am. Jenny wrapped her arms about the rookie's neck and buried her face in his chest. Jay? What do you make of this? Caprizi asked. First I've heard about it, sir, Jay answered. Are you sure, Jethro? Pretty fucking sure, Jay, Jethro answered. I had all kinds of foreign code flashing through my brain. The shit I saw, holy fuck! It's going to take me a bit to sort it all out. Well, that's going to have to wait until I'm sure you're physically stable, Thermopolis ordered. Doctor, do you understand the importance? Medical override, Commander, Thermopolis stated. Jethro isn't doing a fucking thing until I give the go-ahead. Got it? Yes, ma'am, Caprizi replied. Incoming transport, Stomper stated. Everyone on the battlefield turned to see the mech transport speed towards them and then break to a halt. The ramp descended and Master stepped from the vehicle. Hey, everyone. What'd I miss? Pilot Masters, Caprizi shouted. Get your motherfucking deserting ass over here right now. Masters cringed and walked towards the commander's mech. Now, sir, before you start going all courts martial on my ass, you gotta understand. I don't gotta understand shit, Pilot Masters, Caprizi said. Or should I say, Cook Masters? Masters blanched. You wouldn't. Just did, the commander said, stomping away. Cook? Stomper asked. Will Pilot Masters no longer be my pilot? Looks that way, Harlow answered. He fucked up pretty bad. He's going to be in the doghouse for quite a while. Doghouse? It's an expression. It means he's in trouble and will be for a very long time. Stomper processed for a moment. Who will be my pilot? I guess I can be. You are the biggest, baddest mech around, and I'm the biggest, baddest mech pilot. Perfect fit, really, Harlow replied. Stomper processed again. So that means I get a Harlow. Harlow chuckled. I guess you do. Matthew limped into the stronghold, waving off the railer medics that approached him. I'm fine. Back off. He looked around at all the wounded and those attending them. She's over there, June said, stepping up next to Matthew and pointing at a cot in the corner. She's still unconscious. Sorry. Matthew grunted and started towards Rachel, but stopped and faced June. Thanks, June. I mean that. June nodded as Matthew continued walking to Rachel's cot. June felt a small hand in hers and she looked down to find the boiler boy. She swept him up and hugged him fiercely. Jenny's sobs slowed and she pulled her head back, her bloodshot eyes locking with the rookies. What's your name? Huh? My name? The rookie asked, taken aback. Yeah, your real name. The rookie took a deep breath. Dog. Jenny narrowed her eyes. I'm sorry, did you say dog? The rookie smiled weakly. Unfortunately, yes. Boiler, remember? She laid her head against his chest. I think I prefer the rookie. Yeah, I think I prefer that too, the rookie agreed. Jenny began to cry again, but softer this time. 
the rookie pressed her into him and rocked her back and forth. Caprizi surveyed the battlefield. Broken mechs lay everywhere, their parts littering the ground. He looked at the railer train with only four cars intact, seeing Jenny and the rookie on one of them, a railer in a boiler's arms. He watched Stomper lower Harlow to the ground and Masters run to her. Harlow passed him by, her hand up, palm out. Masters chased after, and although Caprizi couldn't hear the words, he was pretty sure Harlow would make Masters repeat them for a good long while. Caprizi slowly, painfully undid his straps and sighed, exhausted. Now, the real work begins. Jethro, I need an open channel, Caprizi ordered. Boost the signal as high as you can. I want anyone still living and listening out in the wasteland to hear me. Channel open, sir, Jethro responded. This is Commander James Caprizi. My pilots and I have taken the UDC stronghold, and any who would like to join us may do so, and any that oppose us will die. Caprizi paused. It is time to truly live free, not as ghosts of the past, not as UDC puppets. We live as one or die apart. I want to live. Do you? Caprizi, out. You have been listening to Jake Bible's Dead Mech, the world's first Drabble novel. The preceding episode was recorded and produced by the author. The intro music was Miles and Miles by Lake Acres. Outro music is Destroy by The Eternal. Both tracks available at podsafeaudio.com. Title graphic by Ed Delaney. Find him at peculiarcomics.com. This recording is protected by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works United States 3.0 license. You can share it, copy it, and give it to anyone you want. Just don't edit it, change it, or try to make any money off it without direct permission from the author. Thank you for listening. My head is spinning. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast of Dead Mech. Don't want to wait until next week for a new episode? Go subscribe at jakebible.substack.com and you'll get access to all episodes right now. Or you can go to my website or any major retailer and get the audiobook narrated by Julie Hoverson. You can also get the ebook, which is free on all major retailer sites, as well as my own store. Go to jakebible.com for more info. Thanks, y'all. Cheers.